Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Welcome to a new episode of a Super Bloom podcast. I am so excited to kick off this new episode with a fantastic opportunity for you, my listeners. Do you want to be part of the podcast industry? Want to get in on the podcast craze but don't know how? Have I got a chance for you? All you have to do is sign up with us at Superbloom to become part of our Blossom family. Then you will learn how to use your marketing skills to reach out to friends, family, and neighbors to invite them to become part of our Superbloom podcast family. Don't have any marketing skills? Don't worry. For a monthly fee of $25.99, you can sign up to be part of a program that teaches you everything you need to know about modern day social media marketing and being a boss woman. Don't have friends or family? For an extra $5.99, we'll add the how to make friends and adopt a family to your Super Bloom Blossom package and teach you everything you need to know about surrounding yourself with good people who are willing to support you by giving you money if you ask for it to support your dream of being a Blossom Girl Boss. What's in it for me, you ask? Well, I don't know. Do you like money? Freedom. Parties. Photo shoots. Joy. Peace. Candles. Inventory, coffee mugs, a keychain that says Blossom Girl Boss Blossom. 
All of this can be yours. It's simple. All you have to do is get 25 people to subscribe to this podcast and you will suddenly have the chance to get paid for it and eventually maybe even own a part of this podcast. But we probably won't end up doing that. But we could. Then encourage the 25 people who you got to subscribe. Teach them to each get their own 25 subscribers. We'll pay them and you'll get a girl boss bonus for every person they subscribe. Help us grow by helping you grow by helping them grow. Add it all together and it equals more money for everybody. Live, laugh, money. Okay, if you just heard anything I said and thought it was a great idea and wanted to join this fictitious Blossom family opportunity, then holy shit, this is the episode that can save you. Okay, what I just described is the most basic form of an MLM or multi-level marketing strategy, also known as a pyramid scheme. Again, just to be crystal clear, there is no Blossom Club. So if you tell a friend to check out this podcast and subscribe to it, thank you. Thank you so much. You're awesome. Uh, But you will also not get paid except with just an immense amount of gratitude. Truly, thank you. Uh, But this is just an example of how people and companies can try to trap you into a business deal that only serves them and uses you. If you love a documentary as much as I do, then you probably binged watched Lula Rich on Amazon Prime. It's a docu-series about the company LulaRoe, and it came out in the fall of 2021. If you haven't seen it, then after this episode, please give it a glance. It's fantastic. Well, today I'm talking with an ex-LulaRoe consultant who shares her story in the docuseries and who today helps others escape the trappings of MLMs. And she educates the masses in hopes that they don't fall prey to these pyramid schemes masquerading as successful business opportunities. Her name is Roberta Blevin. She also has her own podcast called Life After MLM. And look, I don't want to shame anyone who has been taken advantage of by MLM companies. In studying for this episode, I actually was surprised to hear friends of mine share their own experiences in getting caught up in these MLMs. So it can happen to anyone. It usually happens most frequently to women and to stay-at-home mothers who are looking for a sense of identity outside of motherhood or who is just hoping to help financially contribute to their family while staying home. The only people who should feel ashamed are these companies that know exactly what they are doing and are turning a blind eye to the people and the families that they are hurting. So let's just get to it. Here's my talk with Roberta Blevins. Um, Are you from San Diego? Yeah, born and raised. Oh, wow. That's crazy. I love... San Diego um, a lot. And in Snita's, we, we, we went there a lot when we were living in LA, which is beautiful too. Oh, yeah. I love Moonlight Beach. It's just beautiful. Yeah. That whole area is really nice. Yeah. Well, I mean, you just said that you grew up in San Diego and that actually leads perfectly into my first question, which is what did you want to be when you grew up? When you were a kid, what did you dream of being? Oh my gosh. Everything. Everything. Um, a, a, a Broadway star, um, <laughs> a, a marine biologist, uh, a professional Cinderella at Disneyland, anything like I just anything that was fun and um, didn't feel like work while working seemed to be like what I wanted to do. And I, I just I never knew what it was. Um, and then I went to beauty school and I was like, oh, this is fun. I'll do this. 
<laughs> what kind of beauty did you do? So I went for makeup thinking, oh, that would be so fun. I want to do makeup, really like more special effects and things like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and realized that people don't really need special effects makeup every day unless you're in the industry. And um, I was like, maybe I should learn how to do hair because people actually know how to like need that every day <laughs> and uh, still do fun stuff every now and then actually um, got to do all of the special effects makeup for my daughter's Halloween uh, carnival in the haunted house this year. So that was really fun. That's uh, but really that's really fun. all I do in the beauty industry. And then a little bit in the salon, but not so much anymore. <laughs> um, did Were you working? So you were working in beauty and I know from obviously watching and I rewatched Lula Rich over the weekend um, beyond just listening to your podcast. But I uh, it, it seemed like such an interesting jump from going from the beauty industry to all of a sudden uh, clothing at leisure. I It's like interesting to use the word fashion, I feel like because it's it's uh, it was right? a different <laughs> um, even just business plan than a kind of prototypical fashion line. Um, how what was your life like when where were you when you first heard the the of the business LuLaRoe? Right. OK, so I had been doing hair. I've been doing hair for 20, 22 years now. And before I had gotten married and had kids, I had lived in L.A. and was doing hair in L.A. And when I decided to move back to San Diego, my clients were like, how dare you? And so I was like, look, I'll just come out once a month. Everybody will get their hair done on the weekend. And that's what I was doing for a while. And then when I had kids, I was like, I can't go to LA, but the money was really good. And so I would do it until my daughter started school. And then when she started school and I started missing out on opportunities, like being in the PTA and like being the class mom or, you know, just the volunteer or whatever, I was like, I can't continue to go to LA because the fun stuff is happening while I'm gone. And that's not why I'm doing this. So I started looking for something that could replace that income. And um, even when I was younger, fashion school was something that I had been interested in. And I had done like window dressings in other jobs that I had had. And so I was like, okay, like maybe, you know, when I heard about LuLaRoe, I was just in a really sort of vulnerable state. My dad had passed away a few years earlier and I was very much like, I don't know what to do with my life. And my daughter was young and I just... I wanted to be, I, I was already everything, but I felt like I needed to be even more <laughs> than everything. And I thought, what do you mean like, you were already everything? So, you know, being the mom, you're everything, right? You're, you're taken to school, you're picking up, you're, you're doing all the shopping, all the grocery shopping, all the household shopping, all the cooking, all the cleaning, everything. Mm-hmm. I was, uh, at the time, you know, my husband's ear for his work and his business and anything that was like, you know, him and I are now no longer together, but we're, we're great co-parents and friends. Um, but I was everything for everyone. And there was no one who was any of that for me. And I also then felt for some reason, probably hustle culture that wouldn't it be also great if I could also bring in a substantial amount of money so that the end of the month isn't so stressful anymore. And, um, I just started looking into opportunities. MLM had already come into my life, but I had, I mean, it's been in my life forever, but I hadn't had really great experiences. And I had sold another company called It Works, which is ridiculous and so embarrassing to say. Is that a makeup company? What's It Works? 
I missed this one. It's like a health and wellness MLM that sells like green powders and like fat mm, wraps and like, I, you know, oh. coffee that makes you poop your pants and things like that, right? I, oh, I love that also they're just like, what should we name it? What will people right. buy? Something that works. There we go. It mm, works. You know what? Yeah, you know what? It works. Okay. Then they'll have to tell everyone it works when they tell them about it. Yeah, absolutely. That was the most embarrassing part was the name. Um, and so I was, I was familiar with MLM and I remember I had done like, they have these craft fairs for just MLM because i also feel like craft fairs should just be for homemade things and like small business. So I was going to these like MLM only like wine nights and I ran into a friend from high school who was selling a different MLM. And she was like, I never expected you of all people to be selling like a wellness MLM. And it sort of stuck with me. And I was like, you know what? She's right. Like, this isn't really my vibe. So when the fashion quote one came in, I was like, this is slightly more my vibe. Um, there's actually a hair MLM too, which I would have never touched with a 10 foot pole because it's a total nightmare name Monet. Yeah. So I was like, let's do fashion. <laughs> let's see. And honestly, it was really just like people were selling leggings and I thought I could sell leggings from home too. Like this seems really easy. If I hear MLM, I, my first thought would be run, run, right. like there, this is a scam. But the fact that it's like, no, 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 there is opportunity here. Why did you think that that there was opportunity within an MLM. Back in 2015, when LuLaRoe was introduced to me, I literally had no idea that MLMs were basically legal pyramid schemes. I had no idea. And even, here's the other thing, you're asking people in the organization, well, you know, my friend said it's a pyramid scheme. And the organization is like, oh, pyramid schemes are illegal. We would never do that. Like your friend is misinformed. And so you're like, oh, okay, well, maybe my friend is misinformed. Pyramid schemes yeah. are illegal. That makes sense. And there's this like platitudinous, like buzzwordy bullshit that comes with it. And really like a lot of just denying what's actually happening. And I believed it because I wanted to believe it because I thought this is the vehicle to make me the money that I need to, to check off that last box of being everything. Well, and it looked really fun. I mean, from what I've seen of what was happening within LuLaRoe at the time that you entered the company, which was 20, uh, what did you say? 20? I joined in 2016. Yeah. 2016. I mean, it's it, it, it looks like it is just immediate community. Yeah. Like this immediate, very encouraging friend group, a lot of purpose, a lot of hashtags of like girl boss, like own your own business, like, you know, this promise of joy and feeling like you will have the secret to the ultimate work life balance of not only being like the best mom, the best wife, the independent business owner, and you can be all of those things at the highest level you know, optimal level at the same time, if you work with us. Yeah. That kind of is what it beyond just like, Hey, if you want to like have this side gig of selling leggings or maybe run your own business, it was almost like promising a lifestyle. Absolutely. And it wasn't really like designed that way in the beginning for me, at least because really all I was looking for was something to replace the LA income. So I didn't have to travel anymore. And yeah. I had talked to people who were selling leggings. And I'm like, oh, I make a ton of money just selling leggings. I can't even keep them in stock. So I went into Facebook groups and I went into parties as like a little spy. And I just watched them fly off the shelves. And I was like, market research. I'm like, people want these? Like, okay. There were a few that I was like, oh, I'd wear that. That's cute. But most I was like, well, you know, 
this is good for me because I'm not going to be like buying my own supply because I would yeah. never <laughs> wear murder clowns. I just never would <laughs> or things like that. Right. So it really felt to me like I was like, that's not going to be hard. Like I will just sell them. And for the beginning, in the beginning, it was really like that. And that that um, sisterhood and that community did come with it. It comes with it. But I wasn't super like indoctrinated into it until after I had joined um, and I, and I really experienced it. I mean, they were, they were, I, I hate to use the word grooming, but they were grooming me for months asking me, Oh, you know, have you talked to your husband? Is this something you're going to do? Wouldn't be so great. Oh, it's such a bummer. You didn't sign up earlier. There's this event that you're going to miss out. And that was the event with Mario Lopez that I missed out on. And the, like the whole next day, like all on social media, everybody's hanging out with AC Slater in these photos. And I'm like, what I'm missing out on this oh, I got to sign up. I don't want to miss the next one. And then once I was in, it was like, well, now you need to get other people in and then you can have a team and then you can get a team name and make a Facebook group and then you can plan events. And I was like, that sounds super fun. Where do, like, how do I do that? And it was a completely <laughs> different way of selling things. This wasn't door to door. This wasn't like, you know, potluck parties with Tupperware. I mean, this was online, you know, it, this like perfect merger of just like where you could go live on Facebook, go live on Instagram. So, okay. I just want to, so everyone listening can kind of keep up with it. Cause I, I, I know your story very well, but so you, you join LuLaRoe, you are, it's going well, you're enjoying yourself, you're selling. Um, and making up that income that you were really hoping for. I'm assuming you're also start starting to feel like a sense of self again and identity yeah. within the family and even with friends. And at what point are you just starting to then, because within an MLM, you basically onboard is when you join the company, correct? Right. And you, in order to do that, you spend um, money in order to buy the product that you are then going to sell. Mm -hmm. Pay to play. Yes, yeah. pay to play. Um, and then at what point do you start having people under you as your team? What Can you explain what the team building is? Because this is where it starts to get, um, I, I think when we start to think about like what's legal, what's illegal, this is where it gets important for people to understand. Right. So MLMs use a lot of like Orwellian doublespeak to explain things in a different way. And so I would say that, um, you know, they call it team building, but it's essentially, it's just recruiting. It's just massive recruiting and all of the ranks that you can hit, you know, like superstar diamond and like princess unicorn, they're just recruitment guy. Number one, recruitment lady, number two, recruitment person, number three, it's, it's all inconsequential and, and it's all just recruiting status. So people say like, oh, I'm building a team. When we can take away like that fake business language with MLMs, like you're not building a team, you're recruiting people into a pyramid scheme. Like let's call it what it is, right? So that's, uh, we will experience a lot of that, this double speak in this like MLM cult language. So in most MLMs, when you join you start selling things and you sort of decide, oh, like maybe I want to have a team. Maybe you reach out and say, oh, do you want to join my team? And people, you recruit people into your team and you start creating your own pyramid, essentially. And MLM is like a big pyramid that is comprised of like lots and lots and lots of tiny pyramids inside that are all nested inside of each other. Each pyramid is nested. Unfortunately, most people do not build a team. We call those people the last ones in. They don't usually ever see any money back because the real money is made in the building of the team and the sort of the residual income that comes from that team. Like I said, most MLMs, you wouldn't start building a team until after you were probably were in and sort of understanding. But with LuLaRoe, everything was going so fast. 
And when you would join, and again, with an MLM, you would join, you would be in. With LuLaRoe, you joined and then you got thrown into a queue. And it was just like a holding pin because they didn't have enough stuff to give out, but they didn't want to lose out on people. So they threw us in, you know, like a holding period where it was a training where you'd go into this Facebook group and they're like, these are the things that you could do. And so we're in this, we have no idea. Nobody knows what's going on. Everybody's leading each other and nobody has any idea of what's happening. And someone, a friend of mine comes to me and she goes, I think I want to join your team. And I was like, I'm not even onboarded yet. She's like, well, I want to join your team. The first thing you get when you join LuLaRoe is a link. They're like, this is your link. You haven't onboarded yet, but this is your link. And I asked my upline, I said, my friend wants to join. Can I just give her my link? They're like, yeah, she can join you. And I'm like, even though I'm not onboarded, they're like, yeah, it's totally fine. So I had people underneath me on my team before I was even onboarded into LuLaRoe. I joined. And because this, this woman was a friend of mine, she joined a couple of days after me. So she was onboarded probably a week after me. Her onboarding package was enough to give me like a $400 bonus my first month. And I was like, whoa, I didn't even know I was going to get a bonus check. But I literally got a bonus check every single month I was in LuLaRoe from the second I joined. That first month I got a bonus check because I was, I was someone under my team, in my team already. But like, it was wild. I'd never experienced anything like it. And every single person that did end up joining my team came to me. There were times where I would throw like a net out that I was like, if anybody's interested, you can always ask. But I never like approach people. It was a it's a really big buy in. And I didn't ever want to assume anything about anybody. What was the buy in initially? Like what was the least and what was the most you could buy? in? So when I joined and it's changed so many times, but when I joined, there were three packages and you could it was sort of like, you know, like you pick a couple from here, a couple from here. That's one package, this package, whatever. So there's three different size packages. There was a five thousand roughly a 7,500 and roughly like a nine-ish thousand. And with the 9,000 package, you also got like 25 free items, which were high ticket items, easy add-ons that you could just create. And I was like, why would I, Why I know I'm going to buy the inventory. Why would I sit on this? Why would I throw away free money? Which again, is, is an MLM tactic that got me hook, line, and sinker. And I bought the biggest package. Um, and so I never wanted to assume that anybody just had $5,000 lying around. In fact, it was literally my tippity toppity toppity upline who um, told people they should sell their breast milk that is featured in Little Rich. That I was on that team. So that's my team. Yay, go team. Um, and <laughs> so I never wanted to assume that, you know, it was a really big buy-in, but every single person came to me and they were like, I've been watching what you're doing. I've, I'm a fan. I have a closet full of LuLaRoe. It's everything, everything. And I, I wanted to join a team and I want to join yours. I'm like, okay. All because right, this was not? a craze at this point of just it of people wanting to join and kind of what you're saying that there was that like waiting period where people, you know, are just trying to join and waiting by the phone and also instructional videos on how to get enough money in order to join yeah. if you had no money. It was this oh, yeah. promise of, hey, you're in debt. Well, here are other options in order to continue your journey to join us and get yourself out of debt by paying us money and really just driving themselves farther into debt. And w one of the examples you said was, you know, you could sell breast milk, open mm -hmm. up credit cards, start like a version of GoFundMes and ask friends and family to sponsor you. And yeah. Also, oh. like if you have um, an elderly uh, grandparent or something that may be dying soon, you could ask for your inheritance early. 
Wow. <laughs> so shady. Wow. There's all kinds of shady things. I don't know if that happened in LuLaRoe specifically, but in You've my experience that. of talking to survivors, like I've heard that story before too. Yeah. So we're already, so you're in LuLaRoe, you're, you're making money and you're noticing that you're also making these incredible bonus checks just from bringing people in. Were you making much from selling leggings? My business basically kept itself afloat. Like every single bit of money that I would make in sales, I turned around and spent it to repurchase and to grow my inventory because that's what they told us. Mm -hmm. They would use this example, like if you went to Target and there was only five shirts at Target, you would turn around and go to a different Target. And I was like, they're absolutely right. I would absolutely be like, what is going on? Why are there no shirts here? Uh, and so I, I, again, hook, line and sinker, I bought it and I was like, Yep. So anytime I sold something, when I was trying to grow that, that style specifically, I would return, I would in turn, when I sold it, I would buy two more to replace it. So it would just grow and grow and grow. I, my goal, this is so sick and sad, but my goal was to have at least a thousand pieces. I don't think I ever hit a thousand pieces, but I was like, one day I'll have a thousand pieces. Like in, in this weird in this weird like competition of like who can get, it was just strange. Yeah. Like I don't recognize who I was when I was in MLM. I was going to ask if you're at this point, you know, you were looking for a sense of identity is kind of where we started the conversation and also wanting to be there and be more present for your kids. I mean, did, were you in the PTA at this point? Were you really present in your kid's life? How was your no. marriage? How was your friendships? How was your family relationships? Because that was a part of why you started. Yeah. All of my friends were LuLaRoe friends. So there was no problem there. And a lot of my friends that had not had been outside ended up joining LuLaRoe as well. And so that's all we talked about. Like we had group chats and, and all kinds of different things, Facebook groups and, and side chats and phone calls and Zoom call all the time. So I never felt like I didn't have friends or a community. I felt actually the exact opposite, but I was very not present as a mother. And I remember as I was climbing the leadership, which I wouldn't even call it leadership, but climbing these ranks and getting to these positions where I was able to do other things. And Deanne was asking us, oh, you know, can you come to this training? You're close enough to drive. Like, can you be here early to help set up? And my daughter being like, where are you going? And I'm like, well, I have to go help other mommies. That's what Deanne told me to tell my daughter was that it was it was OK that I was going away because what I was doing was going to help other mommies stay home with their kids. So the sacrifice was all right for me to sacrifice my time with my daughter uh, and things like that. So I look back on that now and I'm like, Ugh, and I'm thankful she was young and that she understands that she's so in on this whole like thing that I do that she's so aware. Um, and, you know, it's just part of our life and we talk about it. And I was not I was I was always like always on edge, always stressed always felt more important than I was like, don't you understand how, who I am and what I'm doing and how I'm, you know what I mean? Like that sort of thing. I don't think I ever said those things, but it was that feeling of like, don't you understand what I'm doing? It's so much bigger, so much bigger than what we're worried about. And so there was a lot of like takeout and a lot of frozen meals. And I just, I just became the exact opposite of who I wanted to be. And the whole reason I joined this in the first place. Well, especially when the entire, you know, presentation that I've seen from the company, you know, yeah. all the marketing was essentially, you can be a mom and put family first, put your marriage and your children first, and then 
this is just something for you. This is like a, a, a side business. Like this is not meant to take over your whole life. It's meant to enrich your life. As opposed to like, there are plenty of working moms and there is nothing wrong with frozen dinners and kids are resilient and there are single right. working parents that have to just do what they need to do to get by and are doing the best they can. It You know, you know if you're going to go and be a lawyer that you're going to be gone a lot. You know if you're actually going to be doing special effects makeup, you're going to be gone a lot. And if that's Mm -hmm. your passion and your dream, and that's amazing, go for it. But you specifically wanted to stop driving to LA from San Diego so you could stay home and be with your child more and be present in their life. And that's the part that's like so heartbreaking when you're like, no, 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 I'm doing this for the right reasons. I'm doing this for the right reasons. And then you can't even, there's no, not even time to stop and think about like, wait, why am I doing this? Right. <laughs> what am I really getting out of this? I mean, did you have, like, is there a moment that sticks out where you like saw it and you caught like a glimpse of yourself in the mirror or that someone was your mirror? Yeah, my kids, my kids. It was summer. It was hot. It was the summer of 2017 and the kids wanted to swim. And I had just gotten this huge order delivered. And I you know, the normal sales weren't working. You always had to do something different and be different and set yourself apart. And so I started making outfits. And if you bought the entire outfit, you got like a discount on it. But if no one wanted the outfit after 24 hours, you could break it apart and you could buy it. I didn't want to be like strict about that if someone wanted to buy something. But I, I spent a lot of time pairing these outfits together and it was a lot of work because my inventory, nothing is the same size. Everything is mismatched. So I had to spend a lot of time finding outfits that would match in sizes that people could actually buy and go, oh, all of this would fit me. And I'm styling it with hats and shoes and purses and all this stuff that I had bought on clearance at Target and all these places, just literally for flat lays and designing these things. I'm spending all this time and they're all set up, folded, ready to go for the mannequin to be dressed in the next picture to be taken. And my kids are like, can we go swimming? And I was like, yeah, just as soon as I'm done. And they're just sitting there in their bathing suits, like on the couch, all ready to go with the towels. And they're just watching me like we're just waiting for you to be done with this ridiculous thing you're doing. And I'm doing this and I'm doing this. And I realized that like, I'm not going to be, there's no way that I'm going to be done in time to actually take them swimming, to like have a decent amount of swimming before we have to come upstairs and have dinner and all this stuff like at our old house. And I was like, you know what, let's just go swimming. And I just turned it all off and I was like, it doesn't matter. And I just took them outside and I went swimming. And I think that was one of the first times that there was an actual crack where I was like, what am I doing? Like, what am I actually doing? Like, if I want to be this mom who's here to be here for my kids and all of this stuff, like, let's go swimming. And I think that was like, that was one of the first cracks. Um, And probably within the next couple weeks is when everything sort of happened and I left. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners or odd shapes, flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices 
down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Were you at this point already getting the infamous moldy wet leggings and the stinky legs? So you already saw cracks within the company, <laughs> but we're, we're deep enough within it that you could justify... I'm sure, or just start to question things. I mean, were you allowed to question things? Were you allowed to say like, hey, I'm, this is taking over. How can I find something that works where I can still like make money, but I'm, you know, I'm out of pocket. So, I mean, that's a lot of money out of pocket to be paying for all those additional like accessories for flat lays. And I mean, was the company involved with that at all? No, 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 no. Um, no, it's you. You're a business owner. They're just your That's wholesaler. <laughs> That's all they are. They're just your wholesaler. Oh, um, so everything is extra on top of you. And I didn't see any of the red flags the first year because I was wearing rose-colored glasses. Well, and you were making a shit ton of money. Like you making were making money. money because you had at that point, how many people did you have under you? I don't at the at the very end, there were 75 women. I don't remember. I would say probably the first year there was probably like 40 to 50 the first year. And then it just sort of kept going. So but, you're getting bonus checks on four yeah. of yeah. off of 40 to 50 people yeah. every month. Yeah. And the, the, the first one was like 400 bucks plus whatever I, I did in sales. You know, the, the biggest bonus check that I ever got was like 6,500. So I'm not one of those people that had these like $100,000 bonus checks. I, I always say that I was sort of like right in the middle of that cherry flavored primordial ooze in the pyramid. Like I'm mm-hmm. right in the middle. I mean, $6,500 is life changing to a lot of people for a month. Oh my God, that would take care of all my bills. Thank you. You know what I mean? Like it's a really life-changing number, but it's, it was not the number that I actually got because it costs us money to make that money. There's a lot of things, like there's a saying in MLM where they say, never leave any money on the table, you know, and the saying should continue no matter how much it costs you, because that's what it is. And say you've got a $5,000 bonus check coming in, right? I could really use that $5,000 bonus check, but I haven't qualified for it. And I'm going to need to spend, because I'm not going to be able to sell $1,000 in the next 12 hours. So I'm going to need to maybe try to have a sale 
sell as much as I can. And then I'm going to either buy it myself or I'm going to falsify the records to make it look like I bought it myself. And then I'll have to take the hit on the taxes and then I'll just set it and I'll sell it for cash and then I'll just offset it later. I mean, it's insane. I mean, what was your husband saying at this point? So in the very beginning, he was like, I don't know. I don't know. You're, you do way too much. Like, you don't need anything else. Like, this seems kind of scammy. Like, I don't know. It's really weird. But if you're going to do it and you're not going to let up on it, then you need to do it yourself. And then he wasn't super supportive, but he wasn't unsupportive. And then he tried to be supportive. I remember one time he tried to, like, help me sort the colors of all the solids. And he was just like, these are there's like 10 different blues. And I was like, I know it's it's obnoxious. Uh, and then I remember there were some conversations with, with LuLaRoe home office at some events. And I was like, Hey, you know, how do I get my husband more invested? And they were like, well, once the money starts rolling in and I was like, yeah, no, my money's rolling in. And he's like, eh. and that's when Deanne was like, well, maybe you should just look for a new husband. And I was like, Oh, like you should get a LuLaRoe husband. I was like, Oh, a LuLaRoe husband. <laughs> so do you like, sell those too? Or do they come with <laughs> leggings? Is that is that a different package I missed? Yeah, the LuLaRoe husband is separate. <laughs> it's okay. an add-on. That's a different, yeah, that's a Absolutely. different level. Yeah. And, and I was just like, uh, you know, and then there was, there was obviously it was something they were thinking about. Like Roberta has an unsupportive husband, probably, probably not Deanne, but my uplines. And he was invited to come with me to leadership conference in October and, and that was like the first time that he had come to a LuLaRoe event and it was themed. There was like a nineties party at like a high school and it was this whole thing. And we got to go like to like the, the trampoline place and eat pizza with our friends. Like we were 13, you know, I mean, ridiculous. I was like, we could do this anytime. Like what, what is so special about this? But he came back from that a different person. Like he came back from that and he was like, we're all in with LuLaRoe. And I was like, really? And there was this new... There was this new thing that was coming out, this new piece. And he basically told me, he's like, you need to use every single bit of money that you have in your LuLaRoe account to get as many of those as you can. And he's like, and if you can get more, he's like, let me know. You can use my credit card and we'll get more. And I oh, remember thinking like, whoa. In. whoa. Yeah, right? But good ending. We ended up selling every single one of those pieces and made money off of it. And there was no like bad on that. But I do remember like that moment and being like, yikes, like it was a little weird. And then he went on the cruise with me. And I think we both were like, this is weird on the cruise because we realized what we could do is if we, we had name badges, if we could just tuck our name badges, like in our shirt and we wore our bathing suits and our cover-ups, nobody knew we were with LuLaRoe because the cruise I went on was half normal people and half cult people. Oh, and so we could blend in. And that was one of the moments where I was like, this is kind of weird, right? And we met another couple who was- What made you who, think it was weird? Like what stood out? What, what were you guys, what was the weird part? It was like a weird vibe. It was very culty. And this was before I had ever associated with LuLaRoe or MLMs with cults. It was very Like culty. everyone looked the same, everyone dressed the same, everyone I mean, was- all everyone was always dressed the same and looking the same, but it was more than that. It was like, there was a lot of like false idol worship and I had never seen it because I, you know, at convention, you know, it's like a big hullabaloo, but over like seven days, it's different. Right. And you're watching people, you're having breakfast with people. You're watching how people react to other people. Because for me, I didn't care. Like I was just like happy to have a vacation. Um, and it was really strange to see people like fangirling and being, like, like this was some 
some sort of celebrity, like jumping on couches and like being weird, standing in line to take pictures with like home office people. It was very strange. And a lot of the home office people like didn't have their wives with them and were hanging out with like all of these retailers and had these really big entourages of like other retailers who hadn't brought their husbands and had decided to bring like a teammate instead. So it could be like an even bigger party. And it was just weird. Mm-hmm. It was just weird. And I just, I did not want to be associated with it. They were loud. They were obnoxious. Even like certain people in LuLaRoe that were in positions of power were kind of weird saying things. I thought it was a vacation, but for some reason there were like meetings scheduled every day. And I only went to one of them because I felt like I needed to show my face to be like, I did go to something. They saw me there because I didn't want any backlash, but it was just really weird. And at that meeting that I went to was where my friend was, I asked my friend, I said, oh, you look so good. What have you been doing? And she was like, oh, I went to Tijuana and got weight loss surgery. Do you want the information? And I was like, whoa. (laughs) And so... Even and this that was, and basically there was someone within the co- the he- a leader of the company. I'm like so nervous. Like whenever it turns into right? like cult or culty religions or like any I sort of, I'm like, I do this all the I'm time, just going to so be ambiguous. Okay. <laughs> the sister, allegedly in my opinion, in my experience, the, the sister of the owner of LuLaRoe, her name is Lene. I do not know if she lives in Tijuana or she just works in Tijuana, but she runs the office of this weight loss center called obesity, not for the number me in Tijuana. I believe the facility is clean. I don't, I don't have anything to say about the facility. I have no ill will to anybody who even decides to go that route at all. Um, but essentially what would happen is you would get on this list. You would send Lene $5,000 via PayPal. She would keep a thousand as her cut, like her finder's fee. I don't know who got any of that money, whether Lene got it all, whether there was a DN kickback or what. And then the rest of the money was forwarded to the doctor and then you got put on the surgery list. And then essentially what happened is you then flew to California and then you went in their private jet to Tijuana as a group. Whose private jet? LuLaRoe's private jet. Okay, so it was- picture- Yes. (laughs) The picture that's in- Allegedly, in my opinion, in my experience from people I've talked to, the picture that's in Lula Rich of them all sitting in the jet, uh, Lachey, who's in Lula Rich, actually took that photo, and that is them on the way to Tijuana. I don't know if Lachey took it or Lachey gave it. I think Lachey gave. I'm not sure, but that that was a that was a pre-surgery flight, and that just kind of gives a glimpse into the culture. Yeah. Like the toxicity of the culture within the company. Right. And was, the level of expectation of um, uh, uniform. Absolutely. That was one of the bigger selling things for me because LuLaRoe was quote unquote size inclusive, right? It was a um, extra, extra small all the way up to, I believe, 3X. And I thought, wow, that is really great. That is so size inclusive. Most of the clothes were stretchy and had Lycra. Uh, type fabric. So it was very forgiving. There's only a few things that, that were sort of size where it was a zipper or something like that. So it felt very, very open and inclusive and size welcoming. Yeah. Which was not um, popular in 2016. It's like still, which was not the thing, we're right? still slowly getting there now, but not nowhere close to where it needs to be. But especially in 2016, that and was then you very find out that, that it's heavily encouraged to get these surgeries that Deanne prefers us, when I say us, I mean the people that speak on stage, to be able to fit into a, a medium is what she prefers. Now, it's not, it's not a, 
one, you know, like if you're not a medium, whatever, but it's the, it's the preference of the owner that you're at least a medium or smaller. Well, it's this, it's like the strong suggestion. Yeah, very it's strong. It's the strong suggestion, which, you know, is legally is not a requirement, but it's a strong suggestion. And we all yeah, know what that yeah. means within a company. Yes. yes. And it just, it was so, I was like, well, how can you be size inclusive and like talk about being body positive and like have plus size and, and then encourage us to, I, it just, it didn't make sense. And it, it was one of the first moments of cognitive dissonance. It's like, A doesn't equal A. Like, this doesn't make any sense. Did you feel supported by anyone? Like, who did you talk to? Like, once you started, you're like realizing, huh, I'm really just breaking even. I'm not having time with my kids that I, this is the whole reason why I went this route. Um, this is a very toxic workplace that is just not feeling right who were you able to talk to within the company? Because you also said everyone you hung around at that point, everyone that was your friend was a LuLaRoe employee. I mean, was everyone yeah. feeling the same way? Not everyone, but there was a small subset uh, in my team who I, even though I joked that I was a mega hun, and, you know, I'm, like, I'm hun in MLM, which is because they say, hey, hun, it's like a slang. Um I was very real and authentic and open and people knew they could come to me and say, Hey, it's not working out for me. I think I'm going to go. And I wasn't like, how dare you blocked? I never blocked anybody. I never shamed anyone for leaving. It was always a personal choice and I always respected it. Um, I'm not going to say that it didn't sting a little and it didn't hurt. And I'm like, Oh man, like that bums me out. And I'm not going to lie and say that I didn't worry about my paycheck either because I did, because that's how MLMs work. Yeah. But I knew that the people that were leaving a lot of them were people I had known before LuLaRoe and they're like, it just doesn't work for me anymore. I'm just a lot of it. In fact, a lot of it was like, there was this group of three women who really helped me and they're like, we don't like Mark. He's gross. And I was like, I know I agree. He's really and he's gross. He's the husband. Yeah. He's Dan's <laughs> husband who is also, they're like the co like uh, lords of the company. I mean, was anyone coming to you saying, Hey, Roberta, it's not working for me. I'm not making money. Like, how do I make money? Yeah. So again, it was just like people would come to me and they would talk to me because they could trust me and they'd say, what's going on? And I wasn't experiencing it because I was actually making money at this point. And I'm like, well, have you tried this? Have you tried that? Maybe what we could do a sale together. Be? Have you tried, like, when was the last time you did a live sale? When was the last time you tried to host something? And ask like the basic things, like how many sales have you had this week? Maybe we can do a sale together. Maybe you can sell in my group. Like I'm really busy this week. You can come sell in my group. I have a different, you know, lots of options. Uh, to to help somebody. And I remember my friend came to me one time and she was like, Roberta, I don't know what to do. We're going to, I think we're going to lose the house because I've been buying LuLaRoe instead of paying my mortgage. And I was like, you need to uh, immediately pay your mortgage. Like no more LuLaRoe for you. And this was a person that I had known and was a good friend of mine. And she, she listened to me and they did not lose their house. She did leave LuLaRoe and she got some of her money back. But I was so heartbroken that it had to come to that point that she felt that she was going to disappoint me at any other point that she had to come to me on like the brink of like, I'm about to lose my house. What should I do? That that was like another, another brick in the pyramid was like shattered. And slowly it wasn't just these little bricks. It was like load bearing bricks where I was like, whoa, that's a big one. And I, I couldn't ignore it anymore. And I had friends that were coming to me and saying things and like, we don't like Mark. That's why we left. And he gives us these heebie-jeebies and we had a girl's wine night. And I said, tell me how you feel. And they're like, we are so surprised you're still in. And I, I really sort of took it to heart. And 
there were a couple other things that happened, but ultimately what happened was they ripped the buyback program out. Um, I knew I wasn't eligible for buyback because I was a leader. And if you were a leader and you were going to go with the buyback route, you also had to pay back all your bonuses. So for anyone listening that doesn't know what a buyback is, I feel like this is another really important, um, just important, like little nugget of information that that should be a giant red flag, (laughs) Um, especially if it's ripped away. Can you explain just in like simple terms, like what the buyback program was, what it was originally, and then what, how it changed. Yeah. So at the beginning of 2017, when people were like, were leaving, there was a start of a mass exodus. And the way that LuLaRoe, I feel, in my opinion, tried to end that exodus was they came out with something called the 100% buyback. And it was like, hey, look, if you want to leave, we will give you your money back 100%. It is completely guaranteed. So if you're on the fence and you want to join, join. Because if it doesn't work out for you, you can get your money back. And it, that's literally what it was. Like we 100% no questions asked. And it was used as a recruitment tool. And there were a lot of people at that time that were on the fence that, that used their tax like returns and joined LuLaRoe because it was right at that same time. And people are like, oh, this is what I'm going to do. And a ton of people joined LuLaRoe. But the other thing it did was all of the people that were on the fence inside also left. They're like, oh, I can get 100% of my money back. Peace. And they left. And from, I don't know, it was like spring until the end of summer-ish, this 100% buyback program was alive and kicking and people were leaving in droves. There was a really, really arduous process that you had to go through to get it. It's obnoxious. But those that got the money were like, whoo, I'm free. Mm-hmm. LuLaRoe told us so many times, it's not going anywhere. The buyback program is here to stay. It's not going anywhere. They had all of the leaders express, it's not going anywhere. It's always going to be here that's how much we love you. That's how much we believe in this business. And so it was like, yeah, of course, no problem. There was a secret meeting the week before the buyback program was pulled. That was with all the top leaders. I was not privy to it. I still, I I was told there was a recording. I've never heard it. Um, I'm very curious. But the next, when all the leaders came back, they were like, don't worry, the buyback program's not going anywhere and reiterated it. And then the day that I ended up quitting was the same day that Mark came on and said, look, we've given over $50 million in refunds in the last few months, and we can't do it anymore in the buyback program. Effectively now is ended. And anybody who has not received their shipping labels through this ridiculously arduous process, if you have not already received the shipping labels from us, but you've counted and you've done it and you've done everything else, you're no longer, grand, you're not grandfathered in. Anybody that does not have a shipping label, you're SOL. And that included a lot of people I knew who really needed that money for not only to pay their bills, but because Christmas was coming and the holidays were coming and they were like, I really need this money. And I was pissed and I left that day. And in fact, I left probably a couple hours before it it happened because I could tell something was going to go. And I was like, I'm not into this. I'm not going to be here anymore. I had had a conversation with my upline and I told her I was leaving. I said, I don't want to do this anymore. For 45 minutes, she berated me on the phone and told me that I needed to stay, that Christmas was coming, the Disney villains were coming, the Nightmare Before Christmas, the holiday, everything. I was going to miss out on all of it, that there were really big money makers. All the fun functions that they were going to put on. Yeah. Just like this isn't fucking summer camp. This is is work. This is business. This is (laughs) making an income for your family (laughs) so you can send your kids to summer camp. Right. And I, I knew sitting there having this argument about 40 minutes in that nothing was going to change on either end. 
And so I just had to lie. And I was like, you know what? I will stay. You've changed my mind. <laughs> I hung up the phone and I went home and I wrote up something that was like, I'm leaving. And I posted it. And I remember I had removed her from my group and I had removed a couple people that I knew were obvious spies from my group. Uh, but I guess I missed a couple because within 10, 15 minutes, there was this very angry text from her. How could you do this to me? We agreed you would stay. All of this stuff. And I'm just like, you understand this? This is not about you. Like, this is my life. But then like, also, sorry. do you wonder like how much she was making in her bonus? Oh, I know. You know what I mean? Like, I know how much she was making because for I stayed on LuLaRoe <laughs> because... Because I'm petty like that. I stayed yeah. on LuLaRoe and I did nothing. And I impacted her check until she reached out to me in, Jan in December and was like, what are you planning on doing? <laughs> and I said, I want out. I've tried to leave. I've emailed. I've, I've done all the things. No one will let me leave. I want out. I said, so help me get out and I, and I will sign over the team. And so we had to do like a notarized letter or something with me and a couple different uplines and the girl that was going to assume my team as like the owner. And then I think, what did she give me? She gave me like 500 bucks or something, like nothing, nothing to transfer it all over for like, for my, um, for my pain and suffering, maybe, I don't know. And I said, as long as you guys do all of the work and all I have to do is sign it and accept that check, then that's, then I will, but this is what I'm doing. And this is, and I will just be nothing until whatever happens. And, uh, I've never seen anybody in LuLaRoe get something done so fast that, that was like, the money was transferred and everything was done within like a day or two. And at that moment I was like, well, now I'm definitely done with LuLaRoe. And now I can talk to the media because I have assigned that I am no longer associated with them. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. At that point, did you feel relief? Did you feel sad that, the, you know, did you feel sad that you were kind of maybe saying goodbye to some friends? Did you all of a sudden look in the mirror and go, now who am I? Like I was on this big search for my identity and got so wrapped up in something that is not me. You know, what, what did the quiet after that kind of chaos look like for you? So, um, I, at the time had undiagnosed ADHD. (laughs) So what I did is I hyper-focused on figuring out what the fuck just happened to me. And, uh, the first thing I watched was Aftermath, uh, or no, it wasn't, it was after, what was that? I think it was the show was Aftermath. Yeah. Aftermath with, um, Mike Rinder and Leah Remini, the Scientology show. And I watched it and I was such a huge fan of them for so long. And I broke down into tears and I was like, oh my God, I'm in a cult. Like there was an example for, I was like, that happened to me in LuLaRoe. Not as severe, but that did happen to me too. Or that happened to so-and-so. And And I was like, I was crying and I was like, oh my God, I'm in a cult. And so I went down that rabbit hole. I went down the MLM rabbit hole. I was like, is this a LuLaRoe thing? Is this like, what is this? How do I figure this out? And I went on, I found anti-MLM Reddit and I met some people there and they were from different MLMs and they were confirming, oh, that happened to me in this MLM. That happened to me in Unique. That happened to me in Young Living. And I was like, oh my God, it's a thing. Like, this is a thing. And there were already people who were speaking out and saying like, MLMs are horrible. Most of them were anonymous or under like, you know, anonymous names or, or cutesy like screen names or something. And I had seen a lot of those people get taken down because people just really wanted to know who they were. Like, who is this behind this account? And I didn't want to be, do- I didn't want to be doxxed and I didn't want to be attacked. And so I just was like, I'm going to speak my truth and I'm going to use my name um, because I don't, I don't want to hide and I don't want to deal with people trying to figure out who I am. And um, I started digging into like the cult connections and I found Dr. Stephen Haston and his bite model and his research. And then I found the dream with uh, Jane Marie, which is a podcast about like the seedy underbelly of MLM. I actually discovered that while I was filming the smaller documentary that I did, the vice documentary I found that, which led me to Robert Fitzpatrick, who is the pyramid scheme guy. And all of these people just, they just sort of started connecting this like red yarn web on my wall in my brain where I was like, oh my God, it's connected. And I started reaching out to these people and saying, I don't know what's going on, but like, maybe you can help me. And more people started coming forward and I would reach out and the media came and Bloomberg News and Vice News and we were sources for Business Insider and we were sources for BuzzFeed and all of this stuff started coming out and people just wanted to talk to us. And I was like, reluctantly, I was like, well, I've done the research. I've been through the ringer. I feel like I can talk to people from a place of compassion and empathy because I am that quote, stupid person that joined. And there was this very polarizing community when I got in there 
where it was like half of the people thought you were stupid because you joined an MLM and the other half of people thought you were stupid because you left an MLM. And I was like, I know that I'm not stupid. And I know that this was bigger than just me selling leggings. And so I, I sort of had to like carve a third path in this, which was going, um, hey, I'm, I'm a victim of this. Like I, I'm a survivor now, but we're victims. We're victims of, of a systemic problem that is coerced and colluded by the government and everyone around. And everyone just sort of like pretends it's not a thing. And it's a very, very real thing. And I couldn't stay quiet any longer. And reluctantly, I just sort of became that person and sort of carved a new identity <laughs> for myself um, as being the person that was like, oh, no, 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 LuLaRoe, you're a big fat liar. And I'm going to tell the world. Do you go uh, to therapy? Are you a therapy person? I am a therapy person. And um, I was doing a little bit of therapy for a while. I'm no longer in therapy now. I think I might want to go back again because I've hit another wall of like, mm, I have I have more work to do. Yeah. Um, and I did see a psychiatrist when I got my diagnosis for ADHD. So there was that too. Um, I am very, and I'm, I'm also a very much a workbook person. I I know that there's no one that I'm in competition with except for who I was yesterday. And so I'm always just trying to be better and and learn and and take constructive criticism and move forward because I think helping people is more important than not helping people, I guess. Yeah, but even the ability to take that, to have it within yourself to see like the world with all the lights turned on, to see your experience for what yeah. it was and block out that noise. Because that is, I mean, anytime where people get involved in a cult or, you know, a real, a cult that's really masked as a religion or a cult that's masked as a, um, you know, MLM pyramid scheme. Um, you know, it's so, I think society is so quick to jump to, how could you just not see it? Right. You know, like, how could you be so like, and the word that you used was stupid, which I think right. a lot of people use that word, which is so ridiculous because actually well, I'm sure you've had the experience not only on your podcast, but in in talking with other people and sharing your story. Like who are the other people that you've seen be totally taken advantage of by this system? And these are, you have to be very smart to be able to you know, start a business, sell things, you know, and you're part of this culture that is growing very, very fast. I mean, what LuLaRoe did and and how quickly they were able to grow was a little bit of lightning in a bottle, but also like some just smart fucking business, you know, yeah. smart, like manipulative models of like running this uh, business. Is that the right word? <laughs> um, MLM. <laughs> I mean, I would say scam. Scam. Yes, that's a much better. You can say business if you'd like. No, it is no. a business to someone, right? Someone it's a business up the chain to someone. Yes, there we go. That's what it is. <laughs> but who else have you met that I think, you know, that you've really related to that have, has quieted your brain into thinking like, oh, yeah, this just this happens. This happens all the time, every day. There's so many brilliant people that I've gotten to meet who I've talked to and and it's, it's wonderful. And I mean, even Mike Rinder and Leah Remini became friends and I got to talk to them about that. Uh, anybody can get sucked into a cult, whether it's an MLM or like you said, a religious organization, uh, a high demand relationship with a narcissistic partner, like anything can be a cult, you know, a cult of a million or a cult of one. It's about control and, and power. And all you have to be to 
to succumb to control and power is vulnerability. Like that's all you need to be is vulnerable. And so when people tell me like, oh, they're dumb or they're uneducated, I've talked to people who are, who have doctorates who are like, I got sucked in. I, I, you know, in post-grad deciding whether or not they wanted to, to, to take on another $50,000 loan for a graduate degree or whether they just wanted to try something else and they get funneled into an MLM doing something legitimate. And so there are so many stories of people who are just like, this is a thing. It's everywhere. Why are we not talking about it? Like it is this silent predator that's not really that silent because they're in your inbox all the time, but it is like a silent predator because we see this predator as, you know, the PTA mom or whatever, whoever it is, just wanting to sell us vitamins. And we're like, oh, we don't want any vitamins today. It's not that big of a deal. But like, we don't ever see like how deep and controlling and bad these can be. And not everybody that joins an MLM has these experiences. These are the one-offs, these, these wild stories. But the other thing is they happen so often that I have a podcast with like uh, over 130 episodes of people telling these stories. And yeah, sure, they're the one-off, but there's a lot of them. And yeah. I feel like if there's that problem and they're educated people, their moms, their dads, their doctors, their their scientists, their teachers, But I think you hit the nail right on the head with the vulnerability button. Because even, you know, I just on my social media over the weekend, I was saying, you know, who here has been affected by MLMs? You know, message me. And the the through line in so many stories was, you know, yes, of course, there's, you know, the financial added bonus, some, you know, someone just trying to bring in extra income, um, like part time. But really, it was usually people who had either been in some form of like depression, who had lost someone in their lives, lost a job, um, you know, was having an identity crisis. It was usually just they were in such a vulnerable, vulnerable state when a lot of new moms, Mm -hmm. like women with young children. And it's just when that's the consistent, you know, person that is being targeted, like you have to wonder like the the root um like if the the root intention of the company yeah. that is really going after uh working with people and any marginalized community uh if you're vulnerable you're 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 there you're it herbalife um in LA in the two, two, in the 2000s i believe like decimated the latin population because antonio Villaraigosa was like yeah the mayor was like it's a great business opportunity And so many Latin families bought into it and were bankrupt and destroyed. And it's it's horrible because Antonio Villaraigosa is a Latin, a Latino himself, right? And he's using affinity fraud to further a pyramid scheme. And there's a whole movie, Betting on Zero, and a lawsuit and all kinds of stuff about it. It's wild. And it's just so commonplace. I ask people all the time, I'm like, do you know what MLMs are? People are like, oh yeah, like Mary Kay. Oh, like Avon, like Amway? Oh yeah, I know what those are. Oh, my mom sold that or my dad got stuck in one of those. Everybody has a story. And I think the reason that that the MLM stories are so intriguing in the true crime realm, because I mean, they're a true crime, they're they're a con, right? It's It's that one degree of separation instead of like the four or five degree of separation with like a murder or like a big case where like, oh, I'm so fascinated, but I'm not connected to that case at all. But I talk about Mary Kay and everyone's like, oh my God, my mom sold that when I was a kid. Or I talk about uh, Amway and people are like, oh, 
I almost joined Amway. You know, like uh, there is this really personal connection and it's always hiding in plain sight. And I'm just like, what are we doing? <laughs> yeah, we had a whole bunch of unsold Mary Kay at the house. Yeah. And to me, it, it people now will send me things. And I have like an MLM graveyard museum collection of like ridiculous things that my my followers were sent will send me. They're like, oh, I got this crazy button. You can have it. I don't want it. <laughs> I just have this weird collection because now it's become this like kitschy joke to me. What felt really good? I mean, I know when you when you did leave, I know from, you know, reading interviews and of yours that your goal initially was to kind of help and assist. Um, you said you had around 70 something people under you yeah. at the end. And your goal was to basically help, you know, 70 people who were trying to get out, get out. And yeah. it just continued to snowball from there. Um, I mean, while you're trying to also process your own experience and also in a way like hear like that you were a victim, which is a hard thing to hear when you don't realize that you've been the victim the whole time and you have to realize like that you were taken advantage of. That is a very hard, jagged, terrible pill to swallow. Um, What was going from that, you know, state of mind to I want to help other people and I can use I can use this and turn it into something good for others and maybe even myself. I think initially there was like this shock where I was like, oh my God, it was like, I've been scammed this whole time. Like I bought into every single, like I, I did it all. I, and like, there was that first initial, like, oh my God, what have I done? What have I bought into? What have I been a part of? And then there was the secondary, oh my God, I was complicit who else did I bring into this? Who else did I affect? Who else did I hurt? And so thinking about that, I'm very like, I try to stay on the good side of karma all the time. And I was like, oh, I'm not on the good side of karma right now because I could see that I had hurt so many people. And so I I made this, this uh, promise to myself. I said, if you help at least, it was 75, if you help at least 75 women out, then you are zero, zero. You are clean, just um, and I thought, okay, at least that will clean my slate. I can just help 75 women out. I, I've, I don't know how many people I've helped out of LuLaRoe, but I know that the people I've helped out of MLM is in the thousands upon thousands upon thousands. I, I don't count anymore because it just, it was just so much, but we've got almost 3 million downloads on my podcast. So we've, you know, we're helping people. We're reaching an audience. I get emails from people that are saying things like, I found your podcast because I wanted to learn how not to be by listening to your examples and being the opposite of what these people were to these, to these victims and these stories. And then you talked about my MLM and you didn't lie. There was no lies. And everything you said, I was like, Ugh, and I couldn't deny it. Cause when you didn't talk about my MLM, I could deny it. But when you did talk about my MLM, I had to look at some really hard, tr- hard truths and Sometimes the email ends with, and I, and I left. And sometimes the email ends with, but I'm really, really high up and all of my eggs are in this basket. So my husband is looking for work and we are working our way out. I'm no longer actively recruiting. I'm just maintaining the team I have and I'm slowly 
getting out. I'm not buying things I don't need. I'm listening to your show. I'm being very aware. I'm doing a profit and loss. I'm being very aware of everything. And we are slowly working our way out. And I think a lot of people don't understand that because people all say things about like how hard it is to leave. And people are like, it's not hard. You just hit cancel. And then, you know, I'll make a TikTok or something. I'm like, oh, is it? Can everybody tell me how hard it was to leave their MLM? And I'll have hundreds and hundreds of comments of people going, I tried to hit cancel. They're still charging my credit card. I still have, I, I had to change my credit card to get away from them. I had to change my info to get away from them. So, and then I go, is it easy though? Because we have hundreds of comments of people telling us how hard it was. And just one comment of somebody telling me how stupid I am for saying that it was not easy. And, um, you know, I just, there's a lot of rhetoric that is built into these businesses to defend them as legitimate. Just like Scientology or just like any other cult, there is built-in rhetoric and grooming. They teach you what happened. Like they, they literally teach you what to say to someone like me who comments on something or something that you see, right? They know there's going to be haters. Haters will come. And they are jealous of your success. And they are jealous of who you are and what you do. And they're really jealous. Mm -hmm. And when they come, you just need to block them because they are going to try to this and that. And it, it, okay, I'll just block. I don't need that negativity in my life. It's like you know? gaslighting with toxic positivity. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Absolutely. Yes, 100%. In the weirdest way. <laughs> with a wide-brimmed hat. With a yes. <laughs> and a lot of hairspray. <laughs> Spray. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. God. And I just think like the more that we can really show these glaringly obvious red flags, the ones that are so red, you can even see them through rose colored glasses. As long as we continue to talk about that and show these examples, you know, for me, I, I it's really, really important. I would love to talk to somebody who's in an MLM and who's having a great time. I haven't found anybody, one, that their MLM will let me talk to them. Uh, and then one time I did talk to somebody who was in an MLM and while she was on my show, she got fired. So. <laughs> That's efficient. I have to give the caveat of like, if you're still in an MLM and you talk to me, you might be terminated. Might. That's the easiest way. If you can't hit the cancel button, just go on your podcast. Right. And then that's the easiest way out of an MLM. Right. I was like, if she had actually been on another person's show like the day before. And so it was most likely because of that, unfortunately. Um, but it was just like, oh, yeah. wow. You know, yeah. and I've seen it happen so many times that I kind of knew it was coming. But at the same time, being there to be supportive when that happens, because it's it's hard when that happens. Because, you know, the, the sentences before that termination letter were how much she had loved the company and how she was really trying to find a way to make it profitable without it being scammy or feeling gross. And then that email sort of just consolidates everything and confirms everything that I've been saying and the entire community has been saying about these businesses. And well, it's it also just, popping it the bubble a little bit, you know, yeah, it's like yeah. what they're selling sounded fantastic. Like, you know, yeah, I want to go hang out with AC Slater. I want to go see, <laughs> you know, they, they had Kelly Clarkson perform one year, yeah. Katy Perry, which I also thought was so weird because also uh, WeWork like had this thing with Katy Perry. Mm -hmm. And then Katy Perry was performing Ro Roar at the LuLaRoe. I was like, what a year for like... Yeah you know, <laughs> just pyramid schemes and like the song Roar. Like what, what right? an interesting like pop culture. <laughs> I'm like, I want to talk specifically to like the, the, the managers of 
of like celebrities who are saying yes to these MLM conventions and these like scammy well, things like stop saying go, yes. Just, well, that's where you just go like, hey, that's <laughs> money. You know, that the amount of money that they must have paid that oh wasn't going God. back to the people. It was like, like a million. The, I think Katy Perry got a million dollars for that. I wouldn't be surprised because those, you know, the fact though that that's what's so sad is like there's so many people within these, you know, MLMs, these, you know, schemes where where they're not making any money. And then there's all these events like this that are like shiny and distracting, like, hey, but you get to go on a cruise and you get to go to this party and maybe you'll get a watch right. or a weird triangle shaped necklace. And that means <laughs> you've graduated. It's like so bizarre to me. But but I get it because it is like that's it's fun and you get to escape real life for a little bit. And that's what they're kind of selling. It's like this false business model that doesn't really work long term. It can maybe work for a little bit, but not long term. And you're lucky if it works at all. They're selling community, but it's also like a very strict community with like one way of thinking and you're not allowed to question anything. And also no. selling that like that the that you can have work, life, love, personal balance, hashtag girl boss, like that you know, hashtag <laughs> live, laugh, love. Like the reality that we all need to accept at this point is there is no such thing as perfect work life balance. Like you're going to have right. days where you're like a great parent. You're going to have days where you're really good at your job. You're going to have days where you're maybe a stay at home parent wishing you'd be working and days where you're working wishing you could be a stay at home parent. And then, and that's just like when everything is going good in life, you know, without life curveballs of, right. you know, <laughs> a pandemic or a health crisis or anything like that. Right. Um, so, oh man, what, okay. You, we started this conversation with the intention of wanting to have this, you know, job it was that you could be home with your children more. Um, now what, you know, it's been a long route to get here, which I'm sure you didn't really see. This is the long route. <laughs> how how do you feel now about, um, you know, how you're able to not only run a business for yourself and also be present in your children's lives? Like now that, you know, you're really strong within the foundation of who you are, how does that look today? You know, my life today, it looks really different than it did in 2015 when LuLaRoe came knocking. Um, my husband and I got a divorce in 2020. Uh, not LuLaRoe related at all. We just grew and we're just different people. He's great. He's got his own thing going on and he's living a happy life as well. And, you know, I decided to, I, I, again, hairstylist, COVID shut me down. So I started my podcast during the pandemic because I was shut down. Never expected it to be anything other than a passion project of like telling some stories and people really liked it. And then Lula Rich came out, which I mean, I did have a little bit of knowledge that that was coming out. So, I mean, so then my podcast just sort of took off from there. And there were a lot of people going, yes, this is exactly, I've been saying this, this is exactly awesome. Perfect. 100%. And the podcast over the last year, I have really, it has really been a labor of love. And I really <laughs> I try to like stay out of hustle culture and just sort of stay in entrepreneur cult culture. Um, but for the last year, I've been really nurturing the podcast and, um, it, it has become my full-time job and I'm able to work at home and do what I love and be passionate about it and have conversations with people like you on amazing shows like yours. And I love podcasting. I'm sure you probably love it too. It is just such a really incredible art form for a creative. Um, 
And it is a life I never imagined, but also at the same time, like I think back and I go, yeah, no, like totally. Like had Roberta known what podcasting was as a child, (laughs) I probably would have been like, I'm going to do that. Uh, I love it. I absolutely love it. And and here I am and I, I run this now and it's my own thing. And I get to be the person that's like, you know what, I'm going to take some time or I'm going to work later tonight because I'm going to spend some time with my daughter. And you know what? We still get takeout because takeout is delicious. And we still do frozen meals because they're easy and no judgment there. And sometimes we cook, sometimes we don't. It's okay. And we just have a really happy life. We just got a dog. She's nine months old. She's an Afghan. She is a handful and a half, but it's a lovely, wonderful experience. And Abby and I are living a really great, authentic life. We have a really wonderful relationship where we talk about mental health and we talk about anything that's bothering her. And are there times that I'm really busy and working and I look at her and I go, hey, kid, you're going to have to like take care of yourself today. She's like, that's fine, mom. I have a bunch of stuff I needed to do. And it's normal. And I feel like I live a very normal life, even though there is still stress and anxiety about things. But it's, it's. But it's yours. It's mine, right? Yes. It's mine. And I do remember one time, and I've never told this story before, but we might as well. When I was a kid, my sister and I had these headphones. My dad was like really into like, like radios and all kinds of stuff. So we always had like radios and headphones and walkie talkie sets and stuff. And he would always buy us these sets. And sometimes the frequencies, like you could hear the walkie talkie on the other walkie talkies, but you couldn't talk back, but you could Mm -hmm. hear it. So my sister and I sort of like reinvert, like reverse engineered a radio studio. (laughs) And I was the DJ and I would have the, like the master walkie talkie that could talk and like, and my sister would have the D like the radio version and I would play music and I would be a DJ. And then she had another one that she could call in and she would request songs and that she's just in the other room. And then, so I'd find it, I'd play it and I'd play the song. And then I would do like DJ stuff and I would talk about things. And I mean, it's really weird for me to like tell this story because I was probably like 10 or 11 and my, my sister was probably like eight, but we played radio all the time and it was fun. It was just really fun. She's like, do you want to play radio? It's like, sure. And I think the headphone, I had the headset with like the mic and it was just, so thinking about that and like where I am now, like it is very full circle. I just didn't know I would be talking. You did right. know what you wanted to be when you grew up. You just didn't know just what it was called know. yet. Right. Yeah. And you didn't know how many people you'd be helping by the time you got here. And I didn't know I'd be talking about pyramid schemes and cults and frauds and scams and and true crime and all kinds of stuff too. And it's just like, it's so fun. <laughs> <laughs> well, I like to end each conversation with just like a little palate cleanser. I've got five quick questions for you. Nothing, nothing too heavy, just whatever kind of like free word association. I love it. Um, but we're going to start with something that you like. Something I like. Food. Food. I love food. Food. Love it. <laughs> something that you know. I know a lot about multi-level marketing and cults. <laughs> hey, that is important information to I know, know a lot these about days. cults. We'll go with that. <laughs> <laughs> Very important knowledge bank these days. Um, something that you hate. Ignorance. Willful ignorance. Willful, willful ignorance. ignorance. We'll start with Ooh, I willful like that. There we go. I yeah. like that in completion. Okay, something that you love. And we all love our kids and our family, and but just something that you love that is separate from that. Oh, man. I just, I love when I'm on like my own personal dopamine high, when there's nothing else where it's just like, I remember the other day, 
that I got to work because I sometimes still work in the salon and I pulled up and I was like 10 minutes early and I was listening to, <laughs> I had a, a, a hot coffee. I think I had like a little muffin. I was super jazzed in, like into it, just totally vibing. And the radio, um, Katrina and the waves walking on sunshine came on and I was just like, boom. And I turned it up. And I sat in my car and I'm drinking my coffee and I'm dancing. And I'm like, I don't even care who walks by because I'm on a dopamine high now that is so incredible. And it was just a really wonderful day to start the day. So I'm going to say when like everything sort of works and I get this just natural dopamine high, that's just like, you got this. That's what I love. That's great. (laughs) That I like, I also a dopamine high. I like that. I'm going to definitely hold on to that. Uh, And then something, a a quirky little fact about you. I can tap dance really well. I'm a, I am was a tap dancer for a long time. And I actually was a dance teacher for not only children, but adults as well. So yeah, I can Do tap dance. Do you have dance. like a board in your house? I don't, but I, and my tap shoes are around here somewhere, but I just, I tap. And I think it's funny. I always say, um, my mom put me in tap dancing because I tapped my feet a lot. And I don't think she realized that was my ADHD stimming. And so it didn't cure my stimming. It just made it more rhythmic. (laughs) (laughs) That's fantastic. Well, Roberta, thank you so much uh, for joining me today, for joining us. Um, And and just, I I really appreciate it, truly. Uh, It's so nice to meet you. I have been, I I just re-watching it over the weekend. It still just blows my mind that not only how how just sad it is when people are taken advantage of by these, you know, organizations of mm-hmm. sorts, these companies, these people, um, but also just how, like, it still happens all the time today. There's new ones popping up all over the place. Um, so truly, I think it could not be a better time, especially with the internet and people yeah. just like joining these things, especially in this like post 2020 world where, you know, where it is very difficult, you know, for a lot of people and just looking for that kind of um, that like quick fix uh, to like this quick fix to life and and joy and having it all. Um, I think it's really important for people to not only hear your story, but the stories that you're sharing on your podcast. So thank Thank you you so much. Yeah. Thank you. It was incredible to meet you too, Candice and to be on the show and yeah, absolutely. I love, I love Mia super bloom. So I was so beyond to, to even to be here. This has been a super bloom podcast hosted by me, Candice King. Produced by Melissa D. Mons and Diamond Imprint Productions. Post-production sound by Chris Henry and advertisement partnerships with ACAST.